Extra Points is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook. You bet, you get with Caesars Rewards. You must be 21 or older. Welcome to Extra Points. Now here's your host, Cousin Sal, and his good, good pals, Dave Damashek and Martin Weiss. Extra Points Podcast, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Cousin Sal coming to you on a Tuesday morning. Yes, Omaha, bringing you all your audio goods today. Mikey Meatballs, Eddie Spaghetti, Fiddling with the Knobs, Babyface Joel Solomon producing this mess and joining me as always, my dear, dear pals, Dave Damashek, Martin Weiss. This is our first episode back from break. We emerged from a week of darkness, and I, I'll speak from all of us. I, I don't think any of us know which team we're going to play quarterback for, right? Martin, Dave, I don't, maybe we need more darkness. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, I know me. I did go to Detroit. I don't know if it gets much darker than that. I'm allowed <laughs> to say that. I spent a lot of time okay. there. All right. That was what I spent over vacation. I was I was in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, they have a quarterback right now. I don't think they'll be getting one in the draft either. I think they'll stick with Jared Goff going forward. But <laughs> I went to my friend's baby shower, who, believe it or not, in a full circle moment, was the first person I ever podcasted with many moons ago. Mm-hmm. And when I did my uh, I did my radio show on Fox Sports Radio, 7 to 10 Eastern, I did it in Detroit, and it just happened to be in this very same studio that we recorded the podcast in after we got a guy who worked at a radio station involved. So it was very much a full circle moment because I was getting paid to be there. Wow. What the hell is he talking about? Check. I have no idea. (laughs) What I do know is you talk about the network was dark. So too were the skies of Southern California last week, but right in time for the return of us, the, the, uh, the sun has broken through the clouds. Now football is back. It was a brief hiatus. What was (laughs) It it? Like 11 day. Well, I mean, you know, the, the, the college athletes, the student athletes um, have taken a break for matriculation for a couple of days here to run around in their underpants. Martin, what the hell is he talking over. about? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know I what you're saying. You're saying we have the combine. We have college basketball. basketball we have baseball is March Madness is yes. on the way. The Stanley Cup playoffs are on the way. It's all happening. It's very exciting. And I checked the schedule. We don't have that much lag time in, in between, like, you know, ho-hum sports and what is, is presented as exciting. We have... Um, you know, there are some conference tournaments, crappy ones. Babyface Joel Solomon's alma mater plays, I think, Saturday or Sunday, Hofstra. Those conference tournaments begin this week, then the big ones next week, and then the granddaddy of them all. I think that's what Keith Jackson called the uh, NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Then March 30th, baseball begins. NBA season ends April 9th, uh, which is, this is great. We're right there, Martin. We really were over with 31 days before baseball, 41 days before NBA playoffs. We're there. I'm not going to get that. I can't on believe it. you left off the fact AJ McCarron's two and zero with two comebacks. <laughs> well, that's a thing. By the way, that's on in the background of my house all the time. The XFL. Are you guys watching hmm. at all? It's perfect for exactly for your boys. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're various uh, at various stages in adolescence and teen years. That's exactly right. I remember when we first got ESPN at my house, and you know, they would show the CFL. Mm. And I don't even remember who carried the USFL. I think it was ABC with the aforementioned Keith Jackson, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I was all about all of it. I just wanted football when I was growing yeah. up. And, and and yes, that's the that's the audience for it. And perhaps if they it really is about the USFL was better 
the the earliest uh, the the first USFL stands alone away from all due respect CFL. I didn't see the World Football League, the XFL, or otherwise, mm-hmm. but it was good because they had actually good players in it. If one of the if the USFL or the XFL can land one That's guy it. that the NFL really wants, it will resonate and it will endure Terrell past Owens, one season or a couple. Right? Johnny Man, Johnny That's Football, it. somebody in there. What right are we now, not, why are they not doing that? I don't For know. real, Sal. I have Isn't no that the idea. answer? I don't know why they won't sign even one. But it's like, cool, I'll see like Wade Phillips and you get inside his head, you caught making calls and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go away. And then like the kids are like, oh my God. And I go running in the room. Like, what am I running for? It's Does a, Colin Kaepernick just say no? Is he? Is that, is that why he's not playing? Because I think he he's needs turning to, them down make a bigger splash than that right yeah. I, i'm not yeah, sure I, i'm not sure i think i mean he did say no to the aaf which lasted what seven weeks but mm-hmm. I, I imagine that yeah he wouldn't be making a move like that but i mean ultimately they want to play in the real league right like, that's the thing with aj mccarran it's like they say he took a massive pay cut and i wasn't in his phone mm-hmm. i don't know what he who was calling him or not but <laughs> i do know on his wikipedia it seemed as if he spent last year as a free agent yeah, you know what I'm saying? But like, so I don't know how much of a pay cut he took to go to the XFL, but imagine, you know, you'd probably rather have the $4 million you get to be a backup quarterback than the mm-hmm. 500000 you get to play in the XFL. Well, speaking of the real leagues, um, the Washington Commanders, is that's the name they settled on, right? The Commanders are dominating the offseason NFL news. First, Eric Bieniemy last week, we were off. He signs as an OC. Okay, good for him, I guess, for now. Then they cut Carson Wentz. Uh, also good for Bianami. I joke that he must be outraged because he d- didn't know what he was signing up for. But yeah, they saved like $26 million <laughs> by cutting cars and wins. And then news today and yesterday that Dan Snyder, this is squeaky clean owner, all of a sudden in hot water. What the hell, Sheck? Took out an illegal loan for $50 million or something. Also paid himself $10 million. Okay, whatever. But also <laughs> leased the logo of the team, the team logo on the team plane for $4.5 million. That money comes to him and uh and and now it's, it's up in the air whether or not he can and will and is willing to sell to jeff bezos but lots of washington commanders news here yeah appropriate too in the beltway there in dc it's sort of like the there would be an apparent crime here or at least one alleged or whatever not like anybody's listening to me and it's going to sue me for uh misphrasing legal it. matters but anyway yeah so okay that's one thing that the owner has done bad Sort of like the George Santos thing. That's one matter. But then the rest of everybody else looking the other way on it, like, well, we didn't know what was going on. Well, what are we going to do now? No use crying over spilled milk is the other layer of it. Because Goodell, it sounds like it's catching some heat already for like, Mm -hmm. how did this all go down under your watch there, Kamish? It really is amazing what these guys can get away with. And um, this is what we find out about who the hell knows behind these. And Martin, you know, I I don't look, I'm not like, um, you know, I'm not. I'm not your mentor. You you have mentors. I don't want to get anybody mad at Fox Sports Radio who actually uh, claim to be your mentor. But, you know, we do talk about, you know, what career advice and stuff. I would say whatever I've told you, just forget the whole thing. Just go become a team owner. You have so much leeway. You could do whatever you want. You can get away with murder. Um, well, probably actual murder. I don't know if in Dan Snyder's case, but Martin. So there you go. Go out and do whatever you, you can to become an owner. Just listen See, to me. This was. That was the one that I was shocked about was when it was reported months ago that there were two different sets of books for the Washington football team. Right. And I was like, so I, you know, I guess this is kind of like, what did they expect the other book to look like? 
You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, they didn't think it was all going to be balanced naturally and 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 everything above board. Because the whole reason why there was a second one is because he was running scams. I thought that they would be trying to get him up out of there after they messed with the ticket money. And then, you know, the, the two books things, it's like, if there's one thing that everybody in the NFL can agree upon in the high in the higher structure of mm-hmm. it, it's, let's make some more money, right? Let's try to make as much money as possible. It's evident in every in every other thing that we've got going on. So the concept that that this one of thirty two guys was essentially stealing from the other thirty one, everybody was just good with it. When Walter wow. White, when Skyler found out that Walter White had a second phone, that's when everything went to. Sorry, exactly. You're gonna have to. Well, I mean, as we've said before, Jerry Richardson, the league didn't hesitate to push him out of the way. So, it if you do the math on that, then Snyder's threats of like, I'm telling everything. I'm writing a tell-all book immediately, or I'm going on whoever has replaced Barbara Walters, and I'm spilling all the beans. Seems to have enough weight that they're that the league is a little or the other owners are a little spooked by what snyder's gonna say or goodell because that's or maybe just roger goodell maybe just right. him yeah yeah for sure uh Shaq, you're the you know you're mr quarterback saturation does carson Wentz start for a team week one next year not an xfl not usfl i'm talking nfl i would say no is the favorite at minus 190 what do you think i think that um, I I can imagine. Oh, we this could is all a crazy imagine. One. We could all imagine. I floated a week or two ago on minus three. <laughs> what about Ryan Tannehill in San Francisco? Now, if Kyle Shanahan wants to challenge him, himself a little bit, you know, he's obviously turned quarterbacks into the best version of themselves a number of times. I could see that one working out short term before Trey Lance or and or Brock Purdy are ready to roll for the rest of the season. Oof. But I think Carson Wentz would be a fine short-term answer in San Francisco. Couldn't you imagine in Shanahan's offense, the way Wentz can kind of move around there, that that would be a decent fit? I don't mean for the next two years. I'm talking two months until one of the youngsters is ready to take back over for Mm. him. But uh, but but no, I'm going to say no, because there are some... (laughs) some decent names out there available. Baker Mayfield is out there right now. You know, the, it, it serves the QB saturation theory. Derek Carr at the time of this recording, Aaron Rodgers may move. You know, who's available. Oh yeah. There's some decent options out there right now. So I'm going to say Carson Wentz has failed one too many times for any of the 32 teams to look and say, yeah, that's our guy for, for 20. What do you think, uh, Martin? I, I think like the, uh, the Carson Wentz is the Sam Darnold's. They may be traded from team to team for the next few years before it fizzles out. But I'm going to say no. Yeah, no. And and to what Dave just said earlier, no. I can't imagine Carson Wentz moving around back there in Kyle Shanahan's offense being successful. I don't think that Carson Wentz is going to be a successful NFL quarterback going forward. So I don't know what happened, man. He just fell off either. But at this point, you got to look and say, okay, the, the 10 or so games that he played where he was the MVP or the outlier. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that, that's the outlier. Now, at this point, there's more evidence and he's been around more different situations that if Carson Wentz is your answer, you're asking the wrong question. Oh, interesting. Now you got me thinking Did I asked the wrong question. No, it's but <laughs> but to all your points about what these guys moving around now, Marcus Mariota was cut, released by the Falcons. They saved twelve million dollars. And boy, I don't think check. Help me remember here. Has this ever happened before where we didn't know for certain one starter? In a given division, starting quarterback, I guess we know starters. We know running backs and stuff, wide receivers and stuff like that. 
NFC South. We don't know who's starting for any of those four teams. It's wild. And Mariota is now out because that was one guy who you could yeah. kind of say maybe he he'll still, you know, start the season. But yeah, um, not off the top of my head. They answered the question. I, I I can't think that that this has ever happened at any point. You know, pre free agency guys were kind of locked in. So I yeah. think we would be able to summon the answer over the last 20, 25 years if it existed. But listen, listener, feel free to prove us wrong and drop us a line. Yeah, please. And tell us where we're wrong. But yeah, and and what is extra interesting about it is as soon as one of those four teams lands that QB, they will become the prohibitive favorite to win exactly. the division, right? Because there's an absence of other. I guess if you buy the Bucks jive, and I do think it's jive, they they're not going to do anything. They're just going to go with Kyle Trask. That's it. Like that's that's the. Well, that would they, they won't be, to be favored to win that division. That's for sure. <laughs> if, no, if that's the one, you're right. right? But I was thinking about that too. If you, if even if they sign, forget about Carr or or Rogers. If an NFC South team signs a 25th rank, if if Geno Smith went to the Falcons, I think they're favored, right, Martin? I, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think so. Without knowing anything else. Yeah, I think well, the Falcons to me are the team that is most set up for success right now. Mm -hmm. When you look at, I mean, I know we say we don't know who's going to be starting, but I feel Desmond Ridge is going to have every chance to lose that job. But uh, uh, I, just the way that they run the ball, and they got Drake London, they're, they're a younger team. I feel like then the, the Saints are old, the Bucks are old, and the Panthers. Their roster was, I mean, I know a lot of people liked them early in the start of last year, but I didn't see it, and I still really don't. And I wonder how they're going to react from firing or not from firing, but not retaining Steve Wilkes. Like, yeah. you know, in terms of just now having to rebuild a whole culture with Frank Reich and, I'm, uh, you know, I didn't love how it ended in Indy there. So I, I think Atlanta is probably in the, in the catbird seat for the division, especially because, as Dave has said a million times, I think they might trade for Lamar Jackson. I think oh. that's right. And then the other competitor in the division becomes which of those three remaining teams gets Derek Carr. If you drop Derek Carr under the Panthers, they are immediately a reasonable option. Mm. I don't know to make a Super Bowl run, but they they would jump to the into the mix of the five best teams. I know that sounds wacky, but it's kind of five true. best you look around teams? the NFC NFC team. Oh. Five no. whoever, if you put Derek Carr. We'll see what shakeups are required with Tampa's roster post Brady. But if you dropped him in there and you hold on to Mike Evans, let's say, and Chris Scott, I mean, that that is a, a a reasonable offense that you're talking about in Tampa, as it would be in Carolina. Um, I don't know. So, top five. I'm not sure about top five. I mean, who's who? At, at I'll tell you. All the playoff teams, I think, are still ahead of them. Mm, I, I, by the way, I could also see Derek Carr landing in DC would be interesting. I still like Frank yeah. Reich with Derek Carr in Carolina. The noise I don't buy is Derek Carr right. to New York city. I just don't right. think that sounds like a culture fit for him. He like a lot of guys blocks people when he gets disparaged on mm -hmm. social media. I don't think, I, I, I think it's overstated. It's the same thing as I always say about when your guy Romo used to always point out like, no, no more pressure pack position in sports and being the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Like all the games are on TV. Let's not get crazy about Metro metropolises versus other parts of the country. I do think no, though, I think that's in, NFL, in response to an owner without him actually saying it, doing any interview he can come Monday morning or Sunday night. I think there's that kind of pressure where you don't, you don't feel that. 
I mean, I don't know. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. But I, I think the same thing would exist in Manhattan for him. I think there's a funny pocket in pro football down in SEC country where you have less heat on you. I think that's a great fit for Derek Carr. I, also, I could see Aaron Rodgers landing in All Carolina right. okay. or Nashville. These there's, are there's fun games of, to play. Let's spin the wheel. Let's spin the wheel. There's a lot you know of possibilities. There really are. Sal, Dave <laughs> did not spend enough time in his darkness retreat so he could make up his damn mind. <laughs> I told you, Lamar. I told you my prediction. Lamar Jackson to the Falcons, Derek Carr to Carolina. I've already told you my answer. Well, but, but then Aaron right. Rodgers. All right. I'm sorry. We'll Go figure ahead, out. Sorry. There's a lot to I, – I don't want to even try to get in that Aaron Rodgers head. where uh, I, I feel like it's wasted speculation. I really do. And it gets me angry with Aaron Rodgers. But I'll, I'll talk about anything else but maybe we should move to the nba that's where things are going on ah poor lakers fans do they get three days of 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 joy ever they put together this they beat dallas they're down 27 they beat them uh ad seems healthy and now lebron's gonna miss extended time he says could miss i think he's going to with right foot injury and this is after he said these final 25 games or so are the most or some of the most important of his career I don't know. I don't know what you do, Martin. You just shut them down the rest of the regular season and and hope that they make it up. It's an interesting thing because three games separate the sixth and the 14th seed in the West. That's spectacular. Well, you know, it would be great if Anthony Davis could, uh, you know, strap on the backpack, put the team in it and go ahead and uh, carry them for the next 10 to 14 days because they're going to need to win pretty much every game coming out. I just, I'll say, man, for a slight second, after the trade deadline, about four or five games, I was like, wait a second. Are the Lakers really about to do this? And the answer was no, because LeBron got hurt. <laughs> right. But, but for, for, for this at Smith's second, you're like, wait a minute. Vanderbilt's out there playing defense. Yeah. Malik Beasley shooting 45 from three. But no, no, they're not. <laughs> that's not going to get done. They are only plus 205. And I think it's because, uh, like I said, only a few games separate the sixth and the 14th seed. Plus 205 to make the playoffs. That means end up in the top eight after all the uh, playing nonsense. But check. What's well, wait weird. a second, yeah. Sal. Well, wait, yeah. Sal and and uh, Marty then go ahead and tell me because it's sort of the opposite when people do like, here are my top 10 quarterbacks. And it's like, you got to put so-and-so Forget the in quarterbacks like, for a second, check. Who, we moved who on. Are you? Like, it's the opposite uh. of like, okay, if you want that guy in, you got to take somebody out. Okay, then Marty, you say the Lakers aren't going to get this done. Who are the 10 teams? Who's getting in then? Because I think that there is room there. If you count up the games remaining and you look at them and you say, if Anthony Davis, and I get it's a big if, but if he plays reasonably close to the way Anthony Davis can play, I think there's enough there that the Lakers can sneak in the back door there. Who do you have as your teams six through 10 that are replacing the Lakers? Well, first of all, this is ex- LeBron James isn't going to play for the next I, I 10 days. <laughs> I got it. So he didn't hear that gonna, part, Martin. I, 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 that, that's a big part of the issue. That's why I said, you know, after the trade deadline, you were kind of doing that math and like, hey, Zion is still out. Mm-hmm. You know, Rudy Gobert and in, in, in Minnesota, they're not. They've been shaky, but LeBron got hurt, so yeah. it's over. LeBron it's over. got hurt it's- hours after Dame Lillard put up seventy-one, and Portland's eleventh, right? I think. Yeah. Um. So if you all right, so even if it's two weeks. At Memphis, at OKC versus Minnesota versus Golden State, home for Memphis. Uh, but they'd have to they'd yeah. have to go at minimum, like like three like three went four wins out of that stretch to beat to really solidify themselves into the play in. 
And they're about to, now they're going to go through at least half of that without LeBron. Maybe the whole thing without LeBron. They do have some so. cupcakes on that schedule, but yeah, I mean that's what have, I'm saying. It's Houston not like twice. they're it's yeah. right. It's not heavyweights that they're going up against. That's my. Uh, I'm not saying that the Lakers. I'm not betting on the Lakers to get in at this point, but I am betting on Anthony Davis in a short stretch being capable of All taking right. the team on his back, given the other options of getting into the back end of the Western conference side of the bracket. That's all. Well, what's weird, Martin is the Lakers. That'd be, this is just Laker love. They're still 22 to one. So imagine there's, they're staring at at least a couple of weeks without LeBron. They're 22 to one. And a team like Sacramento, who's first in the West is 75 to one. Now, nobody See, wants to bet either uh, of those teams, but for God's sake, no. 75 to one at this stage in the season, they're, they're, they're an exciting team. Sacramento, believe me, I was on the, on the losing end of that shootout against the Clippers, but uh, 75 versus 22, that doesn't make sense. No, but to me, it's honestly more of an indictment on the team that actually is, is the one seed right now, the Denver Nuggets. Mm -hmm. Cause I think everybody saw it's like, wait a minute, if the Lakers can get in here, this four after that stretch with the Beasley and Vanderbilt, that, that era of Lakers basketball, mm -hmm. um, they said, man, if they can get in this dance, they'll be the eighth seed. And they were like, everybody, I think everybody was picking them to beat Denver, which I don't know if I would go that far, but I do think that the Nuggets are kind of ripe for the picking. Wow. Uh, I also think this is one of those moments in which you have to remember when you're looking at the sports book, they're pricing it to get even money or to get to draw in money. It's not necessarily a predictor of what is going to happen. Yeah, I just because, thought it, that's really different. 22 to yeah, 75. But I just I like to point that stuff out. I feel like because when you see a team that is, mm -hmm. I don't know, one, two, three, four from the bottom in the Western Conference with what two and a half to one odds to win the whole thing, it's right. like they just are at, they're begging you, please, please bet on this because it's not happening. Babyface, what do you want to say about this? Well, Martin's right. It, it, either way, it's it's an indictment on the Nuggets, which is the Warriors could also be the eight seed and no timetable yeah, exactly. for Steph to return. Right. So that, that top West with the Nuggets and Grizzlies and Kings kind of teams that haven't proven themselves, people still want those uh, big names, even if they're a lower seed. Yeah. So Celtics are favored at plus three ten. That's actually even going down from yesterday. Suns plus four fifty, bucks plus four seventy five. And then the Nuggets who are the number one seed in the West are seven to one. I was looking at it. We discussed this on against all odds yesterday. Um, and then Babyface brought up a couple of examples quickly. But Jokic um, is 18th in scoring um, and is going to run away with the MVP. Like right now, he's minus 350 and Embiid is plus 375. And honestly, it's got to be one of those two at this point with 20 games left. Giannis is seven to one. Tatum, I know people love if he, you know, he's in a primetime game on the weekend. He lights it up. He's 11 to one. Luka, 18. I think it's Jokic and it's Embiid. And if one or both of them don't get hurt next week, it, that you could lock that in. But 18th in scoring, uh, Jokic is that's points per game. But you know, I heard Van Gundy say something the other day, and I brought this up, and it's interesting. Why does the NBA do it different from every other sport? So, like in in the NFL, it's total yards by a running back who gets the the rushing title, right? Check. It's not yards per game. In NBA, it's points per game, and I think. I think they do this because it would be embarrassing to see that Jokic would have 300 more points than Embiid yes. or something because he plays more. Is that it? They're just saving embarrassment because it's not like this in any other league. It's not like this By in the hockey. Way, I, it's not it, like this in football. 
Go ahead. It's what I've advocated for fantasy basketball that we should go off of this. Cause yes, I mean, with the, with the load management and all that kind of stuff. Yes. It's embarrassing that your stars are sitting so much. So you, so you blur it by doing per game kind of stuff. But this yeah, is, I but load right. management is a relatively um, new thing, right? They've been doing points per game for decades, right? Isn't that, that's the scoring time. I, I, mean, I guess you're it's right. It's been yeah. points per game since I, I've right. known it forever. And yeah. load management didn't exist when I was a kid. Um, but I'm just saying I, I, it works out. It, it works has... out now because now it would be if you showed how many point actual points are scored from player to player, it'd be wildly different. But go ahead, Martin. But I mean, don't they they do that in baseball, right? It's it's not total hits. It's your batting average over the span of the no, games that you play. I mean, played. there's there's a hits leader. Um, average is one thing. It's one. I mean, there's just so many metrics for baseball, but it's not home That's runs. Per, it's not home runs per game, right? It's but I do think runs. that it plays. Yeah. I do think that it, it ends up playing out because at least in basketball, you're more likely to miss one or two games in a season, mm -hmm. three or four games in a season, just from injury prior to load management. I don't think it, right. you probably wouldn't even have looked at it any crazy because it would have been, oh, such and such got hurt. And that's why they didn't weren't able to complete or watch why they didn't play a you know, over 70 games like now. It's yeah, just but they probably playing. lost the same percentage of the schedule as other sports. I think, I don't know. We'd have to look at but who, who did you say, Joel, was the example of players who weren't even in the top 20 in scoring that one MVP? Well, I mean, Steve Nash, but he wasn't, uh, yeah. he wasn't the primary scorer, but Wes Unseld the mm -hmm. year he did it. And, but it, uh, it's, it's also just interesting this year. Scoring is so high up. And so many guys are averaging, you know, that 25 a game used to be the number. Now so many guys average 25 a game that it isn't even, you know, it's not that Jokic isn't scoring as much. It's that these no, guys right. are going off all the time. Oh, yeah, which is a triple-double. That's why. What's yeah. funny to me about it is about the, those individual scoring um, averages is it kind of start the, the Western Conference in the NBA's dominance ongoing for decades on end starts with Alex English – and uh, and guys in the Western Conference lighten it up over there. Then we go all the way through, and Joel touches on the the dip of scoring team wide and and individual wise. And now we're back up to the 30s. And on the other side, decades after the fact, at long last, the Eastern Conference is superior to the Western Conference in the NBA, where it all started out when it was the Celtics and Sixers and Bucks and so on better than the West. True now? Is that fair to say, Marty, that the East in the NBA has finally caught up and surpassed the NBA after three decades of ownership of the NBA from the West? Well, I mean, the Warriors won a title last <laughs> yeah. year, so... I, I know, I get it, but I'm talking about top to bottom. I'm well, talking the Warriors top to won a lot, though. I, I, here's what I'll say. Yeah, I, I, the Lakers won a lot, too, in the 80s. That yeah. didn't make the West better than the East. Uh, it was an indictment of the West that... Magic and company got so little resistance. They had to go through like the Mavs and teams like that. Whereas yeah. Bird and company were, were battling it out with, with Moses Malone yeah, and Dr. J and, and uh, Bob Lanier and Sidney Moncrief on down. I mean, it was they've that, won it was six, six out of path. nine. The West has, I'll say this though. We're, we're, at one point, I think you're right. Durant and Irving leaving the East and going to the West. What a, crippled the east but now that's not the case the top three are just as good in the east as um they are in the west i don't know martin you have anything to add to that yeah it's just from what 2007 to 2018 the east was lebron james yeah like, well i mean it goes so back like, further it depends than on how that, you yeah. look at it uh -huh. 
you know, he, I mean, he was just in the in the Eastern Conference Finals, no matter how you shake right. it. You know, so it's like that's just kind of how it broke down. Right. So whether or not you think he had a tough path or an easy path, I guess it depends on how tough you thought the Eastern Conference was. Well, well, Shaq and Kobe even had to go through the Spurs. I mean, that was rugged, and that's turn of the millennium kind mm-hmm. of stuff there. I mean, they 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 had much tougher competition to survive that side. Um, and similar to LeBron, you had the Chicago Bulls who had the knickerbockers in their way, but that wasn't as rugged as like Chaz Barkley and the Suns going up against Akeem and the Rockets and all and, and the, the Sonics jazz, with Kemp the, the and Jazz Payton. were good. Now, Malone and yeah, Stockton. Yeah. The West has been dominant, like I say, for decades on end now. Since the 90s, they have owned the NBA. I think now it's an interesting thing to put a flag down in favor of the East. Maybe, maybe it's close. I will say it looks like there's a push to uh, curtail this high scoring. I don't know if you guys saw the NBA is strongly considering a rule change to implement a target score. And this came on the heels of that game. I told you about the Clipper. What was it? 176, 175, Martin, where the Kings beat the Clippers. Something like that. Something like that. Uh, yeah. uh, Fox had a game winner. Russell Westbrook's deb- debut. Yeah, double double in seventh. Yeah, early. you had like a starter and a reserve score forty. Like, I, I don't know, like when it happened, but yeah, like, but anyway, they cite like the Clippers. Kawhi Leonard played forty six minutes in a double overtime loss, um, and this is what you know. It's all about load management. Anything fun that happened, as Babyface pointed out, now they're going to point to load management. Like, okay, these guys are playing too much. And uh, I don't know, you know, I'm not sure how we're going to, we're going to remedy this. Like I, it's, it reminds me of like when I was 15 years old and my, my good friend, Joey Conza, his sister worked, I worked at Marshall's. I was in the men's department. His sister worked in accounting and I was, you know, good friends with Joey. The sister knew me and she blew the whistle on me. She said, he's 15 years old. He has a work permit, but he's not supposed to be working 30 hours a week. And I'm trying to make money. I had a gambling problem back then. I had a, I had a, save up money for, to pay off whoever. And here she is cutting my hours. Same kind of thing. Load management fun. It's getting in the fun way of fun check. Yeah. Joey Kahn's sister doesn't uh, understand the difference between same thing as the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, in the NFL, in the NHL, you understand they're running into each other. So mm-hmm. injuries are going to happen. Maybe it's okay to take a break here and there, even though the season is ongoing basketball they're just running they're just running back and forth we must spare them getting fatigued what are we doing it Over, really is yeah overlong broadcasts and overloading player minutes martin so i guess they would be like okay 160 wins we're not doing this anymore it's too much scoring could you imagine that in football like now it's 48 45 the chiefs are beating the uh beating the chargers but what are we what, it's over. this isn't this isn't arithmetic class it's sports. Mm. This idea that we have to shorten things. We got to got to pace it up, everybody. These games are taking too long. They're sports. We want to watch sports, don't we? What is bad about them being the game being an extra half hour long? This they say the 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 pitch clock in baseball for whom? Who needs oh, the no, game that's to be different. quicker? No, that's different. So, that's different. Go ahead. Mark. I like Dave, watching just, sports. I don't mind if they go on a little bit. I'm just curious, Dave. Did all the kids leave the lawn yet? Are they all off your oh, lawn? Because wow. that's I an got, old man take. I'm, sa- I'm saying I'm giving. I'm fine with the pitch clock if it has some value and pay. I, I, and I believe me, I, I've played golf. I've been to baseball games where the pitcher is taking way too long to, to throw and everything. I'm not against the spirit of like. All right, you don't have to. You don't have to hold everything I don't know. up. He fella. sounded against I'm the spirit sorry. pretty much about forty-five I, seconds. I'm not ago. old Manning. I, I'm being. I am being uh, ageless by announcing 
I like sports. I want to watch them. I don't want to do things that that I don't like doing. Let's pace up the things I don't like doing in life and get through those so I can watch a four-hour sporting event. I don't I don't feel an urge like get this done. You know who the curmudgeons are. You're accusing me of that, Marty. The curmudgeons are all the people who work in sports who talk all the time of like, oh, this game got moved to the night. Now I'm gonna have to work at night instead of during the day. No one cares, humble bragger. No one care. Everybody wishes they could do what you're doing, which is talking about sports. Stop the crap about like, oh, this is burdensome for mom. The grind of all these people now whose football season's over. I'm seeing it all over social media. All the people out there crying about like, oh, the grind is over. I need to break. I need to re-energize. I need to recharge my batteries. From what? Talking Those about are you go- He's, from They haven't got off the lawn yet. Wow. I think have, the kids are still on the lawn. No, As old <laughs> manning, I'm, I, I am... I am not old manning. First I'm, of all, I'm saying everybody else is old manning. Hold on, I'm Shaq. Like, oh, You're not watching baseball. You don't watch baseball, Shaq. You don't watch baseball. So you couldn't even tell us how slow or how fast the game is now. That's fair. Okay. So that that's maybe you're not the per, the best person. Has. The I'm, other thing is like the, the, the rules, they had to do this pitch count thing because the other rules shift goes away. The bases are bigger, all favors offense, all favors longer games. So they're like, Oh my God, these games are going to be even longer than they have been. And people aren't paying attention. We have to speed up the pitches, which is now um, equally. It seems affecting the batters as much as the pitchers um, where they have to get in and out of the box in a certain amount of time. It is going to be weird going to a game and seeing a giant clock in the outfield and that <laughs> determining uh, what goes on, but it's good. I'm, I'm all for it. Mark. Oh, I, I, by the way, I'm not arguing against it. I'm just saying, yes, in, you are. In, I'm yes, saying you in the are. grand no, stop, scheme, stop, 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 stop. In the grand you scheme. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Stop it. You are. The old Manny cast is over now. No, because it's all you've been doing. And then when I called you out for it, you're like, well, I don't have that big you of a problem. You are arguing it. against it. Which one is it? You are like, arguing no, against it. I am first no. All, I, what I'm not. I, rule, what I'm arguing. All, the baseball was, rule is great. The baseball rule is great. The mm-hmm. baseball rule is great because it's already like when I did cover the Tigers. My favorite pitcher was Rick Porcello. Why? Because he threw the damn ball. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He didn't sit there, scratch his hat, pick at his pick at his whatever, and did all of that. No, he just pitched the ball across the plate and then you know hit it or whatever. Like let's get it going. So it's taking away time that you weren't watching anything happening anyway in the pitch mm-hmm. clock. So that's why I like that. But this. To me, if you're telling me that guys are playing too much and that's why they can't play regular season games, then sure, put a cap on overtime at 20 points. And then we'll get whoever first to 20 wins. And if you look at it, most teams are only scoring 15 points in overtime anyway. I like first to 20. Oh, you mean, oh, I mean, I'm talking about the game. You're talking about an overtime? First to 20? I think in the whole game should be first to 20. Well, no, yeah. no that, that would be race to 20 right. in which we try to figure out which team uh, by the, maybe by the 18th point. It's you a race out anyway. Who's Houston and who's Portland. Yeah, exactly. No, but uh, <laughs> but I, I, if, if, if everybody's saying that it's too much basketball, these guys are getting hurt. Yeah. And as much as Dave says, guys just running up and down the court, LaMelo ball broke his foot yesterday. Just, Standing there, I, mm. I, I, weird stuff is happening. I'll say this with, in Sheck's defense. I don't even know if he's going for this. If you cut the game short too much, are, are you going to give the the ticket buyers a break too? Right? Are you going to do that? Are, are you going to? Are they going to cut? Is management is it, going to? Overtime is the bonus, though. Right. Like you weren't expecting overtime. Yeah, like but overtime there are rain delayed. There period. are rain delayed games. I'm just talking baseball specifically that you don't get a break on, right? If you saw six innings and they call it, that's tough, tough luck, right? So that that balances. But I'm just saying, if you're 
if you're cutting short stuff, if you're making a game faster, maybe have the fans in mind more so than just what they're viewing, just uh, financially, too. I don't know. Shaq? Shaq's afraid to talk. <laughs> I don't, well, because Martin seems to struggle to grasp my words sometimes. Uh, the, it's the exact opposite well, of what I said is, is somehow turning me. And I enjoy <laughs> sports, you understand. That's yeah. my point. That's my position is I like sports. Mm. I don't know if that's, is that an old man thing to like sports? I don't know. No. But I am, I, I, uh, I am all for anything that improves the game. What doesn't improve the game is cockamamie stuff to take it easy on these guys. Cause they're tired when their right. forefathers played. It's not like it used to be a 40 game. Oh, schedule. Oh, me, wait, back in your play, day, old man and cat. <laughs> Zing. All right. Now, uh, anyway, yes, I, uh, the, the, uh, a benchmark in overtime to settle no. hash. The NBA is thing it? is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. Right. right. And by the way, I advocate for removing the umpire. If you think it's bad looking at that pitch clock in the background, wait until you look at it till your eye has to adjust to there being a batter and a catcher and then nothing behind them. No, I think that they'll is be a major there. No, that he has to tell you if it's a ball or a strike, whether it's his decision. I wonder, or not. I, I, yeah. I wonder about that, but I really yeah. think that stuff like that is a mate the, the pitch clock as a visual yeah. has been a major obstacle because of of traditionalists they don't want to see that kind of stuff like well, i can't look at that clock there and it is in the spirit of the uh, of the game mm -hmm. the thing that you know uh, bob costas and billy crystal and people like that wax about and get and get a little bit saccharine in my opinion about is that it's timeless don't you see unlike every other sport there's not a deadline on this it can go as long as it needs I to know. go and people wax poetic about that kind of stuff. I really think that as the older generation realizes it can't control the game and it's not going to survive if it doesn't get into a younger audience, that that pitch clock is something that people are going to have to deal with because it is an eyesore back there ticking down as you're watching it, that. It's it's going to take gonna a, be a month or three yeah. to get used well, to listen, it. Listen, I know it was in the name of safety, but they put nets everywhere and we got used to it. I feel like they we're going to do the same here. I'm with you. I think I'm hypocritical with this because I can watch a an NHL overtime game goes six playoffs. And I think that's great. And I think that's one of the top sporting events of a year. Um, but baseball, I don't mind them putting a the guy on second to start the extra innings. I don't know. And I like baseball more than hockey. So I don't even know. I don't even know where I stand with it. Soccer. Yes. I'm sorry. And the penalty kicks. These games can't go on for 17 hours, but I'm all I over the place. Generally, yeah. fundamentally despise overtime. Really? I, 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 I find Are you talking, about work? You're talking ever... about work, though? You're just talking about putting in hours at, at nah. the office. Oh. <laughs> now, for that, yeah. actually, actually, <laughs> President's Day, you'll see me uh, clocking, uh, punching the clock. But, uh, but no, nah, in terms of basketball or any game, like, I don't think it turned for me that Syracuse game that went six overtimes. And I watched, like, Jeremy Grant was in it. I was like, man, this, this game has gone on for too long. Everybody's tired. Nobody wants to be here anymore. Mm. We should just end this now. Just declare a winner. All right. Let's end this segment now and uh, take a break and tell you all that our friends at Caesars has to offer. 
Building the perfect same game parlay can be time consuming, but with Quick Picks, the Caesar Sportsbook app does the work for you. Quick Picks are pre built same game parlays that turn today's biggest headlines, storylines, and games into bets. They're quick and easy to use, and you can't miss them. They're right on the home screen of your Caesar Sportsbook app. Give them a try, and if you haven't downloaded the app yet, register using code Omaha Full and then place your first bet. If you win, congrats. If you don't, you'll get your stake up to $1,250 back as a bet credit. If you have a gambling problem in Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier, City, and Harris, New Orleans. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, which is 1-800-426-2537. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, we're back. Uh, more basketball. Shaq, this is exciting time. So the good conference tournaments, as I mentioned, start up next week. Probably about Wednesday, Thursday. You see some of those rat tail uh Game, uh, matchups. Joel's Hofstra Flying Dutchman plays Sunday. They have the Big South, the Horizon, the Patriot, the Sun Belt all tip off this week. But check your Panthers, your Pitt Panthers got a nod in the top 25. And but you seem upset by it. I mean, they're in the top 25 and you're very upset on Twitter. Oh, no, I no. Listen, <laughs> I'm thrilled by it. It has been a long wait from Jamie Dixon that Ben Allen and yeah. Jamie Dixon really made that Pitt program relevant for 20 years. And then a bad swoon for the last, you know, half dozen or so years. And in a very 21st century manner, working the the uh, transfer portal, bunch of 23, 24 year old cats out there um, now for for Jeff Capel's bunch. Yeah, it's it's a super fun. It's an oddball approach to it. I mean, the, the way they've cobbled this team together. But it is a delightful. I mean, the individuals make it make making up the pit team. Um, amount to a delightful watch. Um, and, and I think they're kind of scary um, because it's mathematically unlikely that with the number of scores that they have, that all of them are going to go silent for a 40 minute stretch. So I think they're going to be a tough out. It's just very strange to me. I get the, the sort of um, ne the necessary 
sort of calculations from from the from all the different uh, computer ranking things. It's just downright weird. And I don't care what any curmudgeon has to say about it. It's downright weird that they are in first place in the ACC. And Joe Lenardi is like, yeah, they're a bubble team to me. Like if they win the ACC, yeah. you could really make a case that they aren't in the tournament. That seems loco to me. That's what you mean. If they, I, I, I'm not angry about it. Outside I, of the I'm, conference I'm tournament. By you mean the regular season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking regular season. If they yeah. win that with 20 and they have 20 wins and they have whatever, 14, 15 wins, I think 14 wins in conference. If they go 14 and four. Let's say they go 15 and five and they come in second place in the conference. That you're gonna you're gonna say Some they're on the do. bubble. Yeah, it's I very just weird. It's, I don't I don't get the math of it because they beat Virginia. They've beaten ranked teams. So how would you keep them out? I, I I'm not. I I'm think not they're saying five so much teams from the flex. ACC, and that that's a that's an off year. By the way, look at this. Look at I did it already. I did it. I got it. Can you even see? Oh wow! There uh, you I got go. colors, Mark. Look, I got blue and and yellow and uh, and red and who's out and first four out and last four in. My, and all fav- that my stuff. favorite is the Love legend it. at the top right there, the index where you have your color and then what each color yes. means. Oh yeah, because I, I get confused myself. I have to really <laughs> I have to direct myself to see what's going on. But do you on. think? Shaq, well, I mean, I the big question is, you're in. Your team's in. Yeah. Well, the big question <laughs> is with it is that people think the way the computers do this thing, and I don't know how a computer would accommodate that. What happens in November counts equally as what happens in in February. That seems weird to me. It's all tough. College basketball is tough because this quad one is what they keep pointing to. Right. And you get a quad one win if you beat um, cruddy Ohio State, who's like 12 and 17. So I think they need something else other than quad one. Well, Pitt, here's the thing very specifically, and I don't mean to make it just about Pitt, but I think there are a lot of teams in this in this kind of situation, which is. So Pitt gets destroyed in November by Michigan, West Virginia, and VCU. Mm. Uh, those are bad losses, all getting hammered. In retrospect, you look back and say, Michigan and V, these are the teams that killed this team. And we're talking about them getting a getting a decent team. Like, yeah, it was November. They they're, they're all transfers, as I mentioned. I don't know how you modify right. your your approach to it if you're on the committee or if you're a computer, but it's like, well, that given the way the game goes now, like one and done transfer portal, like the team hasn't come together yet. You well, know, and if it, let, let me say this, strange. here's what else is strange. You talk about necessary calculations that baby, uh, baby face. Didn't we figure out the pick Panthers are older than the Sacramento Kings? Yes, Aren't they like 24 lot. years old? <laughs> the, yeah. The Oklahoma city thunder. Oh, yeah, the thunder. Right. That's okay. the lineup by a lot. Well, I, I hate to say, but maybe that's being taken into account. Maybe that's counting as a strike against them. I'm not sure. I have no idea. Martin, you root for Michigan. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm trying to figure out why you're right. They're in first. They shouldn't be. It's because of November. It's because of those bad, what now look to be bad Word. losses. Yeah. That's what it is. Just, I just, the conspiracy theory, I mean, I, I'm not really one of the capital T, capital M, the media guys, but Shaq, yes, you put you me on this a long time ago on the DDFP many moons ago. There's not a more useless job in sports than bracketology. <laughs> It's, 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 it's not a more useless it's not a more useless uh, practice or whatever and it, all I can think about right now is screaming about the college football playoff is just the basketball version it's like Pittsburgh will be in the tournament because they're a top two team I don't ACC. know man they lose two they, in a row here they lose these two these two this week I could absolutely see people trying to make a case that they don't belong in which then I would oh, get, I, I, I think I, it's I, more, I get angry about that more about next week though right you got to make it till Thursday night at least. Friday. Oh no, you'll have a bye. I think you have to win the first two games, right? Is ACC I think Sunday? 
ACC That's on more Sunday. likely to yeah. me, Sal. Yeah. As long as pitch playing on Saturday of the ACC yeah. tournament, they'll be just fine. Right. It's just very weird to me. Like college football makes sense in that before there was a playoff, mm-hmm. that was why I always sang songs for decades about how much I loved it because every mm-hmm. game, week one, from week one, it matters. If you lose that, you now have lost control of any claim to number one unless right. the cookie crumbles a certain way for you, you're out of the mix. And that the weight of every game was wonderful in college football. This is like a four month, five month process. You're going to, you're, you're going to hold the same standard. Like what happened against VCU in on, on November 15th counts the same as a conference yeah. game on the road. You went down to UNC and beat them like same, same thing. Nah. How could we, how could we put one over the other? It's Local. But you're also throwing stones at Duke and you lost to Duke. So, I mean, do the individual matchups matter or no? Yeah, they matter at the, at the end of the day, but it's 14 and four. What do you mean? Do I, does it matter? Yes. If they were four and 14, I wouldn't have. No, but you're comparing them to Duke. All right, forget it. Whatever. We, we got hockey. We have hockey to talk about. Uh, we'll go from your Panthers to your pens, barely hanging on check, uh, mm-hmm. barely hanging on go Sabres, right? Spaghetti. Spaghetti, I think I made, uh, what would say, like 24 futures bets in, in hockey. And you told me that you and Mikey Meatballs, we were in uh, Phoenix. And you told me, I think I'm going to lose, like, I bet under for everything. And I'm going to lose, like, 22 of them. But one of them I have is pens to not make the playoffs. Shaq, you nervous here? A little bit. Um, you know, the Sabes are a lot of fun. If a team were going to jump past them out of the mix <laughs> of teams, I would like it to be that team because they're a lot of fun to to look at. Um, but I think they're gonna I, I'm back in. It was a it was a good weekend for uh for for Crosby and company. So I'm back in. Let's see what happens down in Nashville on Tuesday night. This is a team that's won four in a row, have uh have the pred. So it's not or maybe it's three in a row, but either way, not a walkover game. Um, is it a yes, must win? I, I, it's a must win. You should ask. I'm them. not going to say, I'm not going to say must win yet. I'm not going <laughs> to go must win yet. But I, the thing that's interesting that I wonder what your, what your take is on this, how much do you give up? If you're any of the teams from the Bruins on down, who should be the favorite based on what they've done so far this year, but Carolina is great. Spaghetti's rags are great. They're loaded up more and more every day. It seems like the Islanders They'll, are ahead of your team. That's well, but the Leafs, yeah. the Leafs are the Leafs are the best version of themselves in the last uh, half mm-hmm. decade. There's so many high end teams. How much do you mortgage, even if you're not the Penguins? I'm talking about if you're the the Bruins or Rangers or or Canes. How much are you going to throw at right now when it's statistically unlikely that you're going to survive the gauntlet of three rounds to get to the final? I think it's a, I think it's I a, an interesting calculation or how much you play for right now when it's unlikely you're going to beat all those teams because they are there's some real heavyweights in uh, in the Wales conference. I get it, but there have been eight one upsets all over the place in the NHL in the last twenty years, right? I mean, once you get to the playoffs, it's you don't see a lot of these series. Like I know that's your four. thing, and you, I think you're right. I've, I mean, I've looked thing. at the map on it. No, you're yeah. right. No, yeah. you're right. I doubted it, and I looked at you. You're, you're now, right. The last about few that. years, it's it's been true to form that the the one the higher seeds have been uh advancing but um, i just want to say one more thing about it yeah spaghetti and i park our cars in the same garage in this regard just like i said about larry bird and uh the chief and mikhail having to run through that eastern conference gauntlet in the 80s mm-hmm. and then the lakers would be relatively fresh when they got there like yeah we just beat the nugs in that we just swept the nugs again to get to the finals i think the good the good play is especially if you are circling the avs 
look for them to repeat because whoever gets mm. through the the whales is going to be all beaten up and fatigued. Uh, and uh, I bet you the abs are going to be there nice and fresh waiting for him to, to win in five or six all games. Right. Hey, Spaghetti, uh, come on for a second here, Spaghetti. He bombarded us with this uh, Connor McDavid thing. He says, uh, I'm not sure if you, I think he was serious. He says, uh, Connor McDavid's basically said the season is untoppable across all sports, right? Well, I was just saying that he he doesn't get the the credit he deserves across sports. He That's is true. far and away the best player in the four major sports. And it's not anyone in the NBA. It's not Otani. It's not Mahomes. It's, it, it is <laughs> Connor McDavid. Wait, we can't sure. argue this really. <laughs> I don't think he can. I just don't think there's a path to arguing it. I mean, scoring has been up this year, but he may be the first player since the late eighties to like to touch 150 points. And I just feel bad for the guy stuck in Edmonton on a really flawed roster. And that's such a top heavy roster mm. that is miserable defensively. There's no depth offensively goalie play hasn't been great the last few seasons uh, and they keep switching guys there so I know meatballs would agree with me on this but I mean he's just a special player does not get the credit he deserves because he's a Canadian guy playing in a, a small market and his season right now I mean like 50 goals in 61 games that is such an insane amount of offense in a short span basically a goal a game and to me the equivalent like a, a goal in hockey is I don't know what the equivalent is in other sports but to me it's like on the track of a grand slam almost every game or accounting for five touchdowns every game or uh, accounting for 60 plus points in an NBA game, every game, like it's that good of uh, a return you're getting from him. So he's just flat out incredible. He is incredible. I don't know. I'm not sure about, I don't know what well, scoring is up, right? I mean, I know this because I bet all those unders and I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm dead in the water there, but, or on the ice, as you say, but why, first of all, scoring is up 22%. So I don't know if this is the year to make the claim that McDavid, because anything I compare him to, you know, you're going to be like, oh, the milkman could score 50 goals back in the day. But this is the highest scoring has been since those days, since the early 90s, right? So, but everyone's better now. Goalies are better, like defensemen are better. Even expansion, are, there's expansion. There's more power plays. There's stuff like that. I, I'm with you. I think he's the most underrated in all sports, but I'm not sure. He's no I, I, yeah, underrated <laughs> isn't the word for it or underappreciated. I don't know. But yeah, they, he, I'll tell you this. In this age, when everyone can skate, when, mm -hmm. and that wasn't true in the 80s, everyone on the ice can skate, <clears throat> that that guy smokes guys to, to the degree he does night after night and does things that I've literally never seen a hockey player do is mm -hmm. remarkable in, in the year of the Lord, 2023 for him to be doing stuff. Like I've never seen a hockey player do that. I don't know how that just happened. He's, right. Yeah. He's remarkable. He's going to go down as, but, but what's interesting with him is historically he's already, I think exceeded like who Ernie banks or he's, he's, he's getting close to like Ted Williams. Banks couldn't skate. He sucked as True. a skater. You have, <laughs> you have Ted Williams is the best baseball player who didn't win the world series. Right. Uh, yeah. Dan Marino's the best football player who didn't win the thing. Like Barry is Sanders. McDavid, yeah, it's tough because the position is he going to be yeah. on Barry's eight, right? Okay. And uh, so I wonder if McDavid, cause we're getting to a point now where it's getting a little weird mm -hmm. that they haven't sniffed the final yet. It's it, it's a, it's a black mark on his career and you can talk about it. And we have spaghetti. I, uh, it, it's really weird that it's not like it's a two man team. They're, they, you know, they have a half dozen decent players. I know it takes more than that, apparently, to to make a deep run. But it is getting a little weird. What is this year eight for this guy already? Yeah, Todd Furman, who knows hockey and li lives and breeds hockey, he's uh, he says the same thing. He's like, oh, but but he twisted it the other way. He said, yeah, well, this is what happens when you're on a team where there's only like six good players. I'm like, six good players. That seems like a lot. 
It's like, no, no, you need 31. So, uh, I, Mikey Meatballs. I just, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to ask Mikey Meatballs ask, what, where, uh, where, he, where he is in the top three sports-wise, McDavid. Uh, he's one. Really? Without question. Wow. Yeah. Sounds like someone who lost money betting Jake Paul. I think you're... <laughs> I think you would have had him up there before that. Go ahead, Martin. Did anybody take? I mean, I, you guys are obviously much more uh, on the ice than I am. But spaghetti saying scoring a goal in hockey is like throwing five touchdowns or scoring sixty points in an NBA game. I felt like that was that was. Yeah, you're saying much. spaghetti. You're saying it's doing but that every game. It's doing it every game and five he, touchdowns. He, he's basically your offense. I, I'm not saying it has to be five touchdowns, but like. What is the equivalent of one goal in hockey? You could, you know, that's, that's what, like, you know, your, the scores are typically what, you know, three, one, three, two, four, three, mm. four, two, like you're in that range. So if you're taking out all of his goals from that team, like you're, it, that's like, he counts for so much of their offense. So I just feel like, I don't know what the exact equivalent is, but it's more than we're seeing in any other player produced, which is why it's so incredible. Yeah. Well, but, let me just okay. say one more thing. No, the just, difference I, between. Yeah, yeah. Well, Dry Seidel is second in scoring, which makes it weirder because that's his teammate, and they're 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 right. still not nobody's picking them to go to the cup final, I don't think, still. But so scores two down to uh eleven. Jason Robertson has 73. So the disparity is 16 between Dry Seidel at two and Robertson at eleven. And yeah, because these guys Seidel are puck hogs. They're puck hogs, the top two. That's what they are. Dry Seidel up to McDavid, though is 115 down to 89. So it's yeah. it's a 26 point difference from 1 to 2 and a 13 point difference uh between 2 and 11. That's remarkable. Peter King likened the um what McDavid is doing day to day to throwing 60 yards from one knee. So I don't know. I, I you could there's so many ways to look at this. I have no idea. All right, listen. Let's take a quick break. Oh, oh god, Mark. I, what were you saying? I the one thing I was say like I, again, I'm not too familiar with, you know, Connor McDavid or work of hockey in general, but there's about to be a three-time MVP in the NBA and he's never been the best player. Yeah. So to talk about the guy who's the, getting underrated, I think you might be Giannis Antetokounmpo has been the best player in the league for the last three years mm -hmm. and hasn't gotten sniffed at an MVP vote. All he does is win titles. Is it is you know, it crazy to say he's not flashy enough? I mean, he does enough remarkable things, but. To compare him to McDavid. I mean, it's, it's just like, I get it. I get it. He's not going to cross you over and go behind the right. back and hit a three. But if you can take three dribbles and then dunk from anywhere on the court, I mean, right. I don't know what that, that that's got to account for more than just regular two points. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got basketball. We got hockey. We're going to give you our play of the day in uh, just a moment. All right. I won last night. I gave my pick on against the odds of five point teaser UNC. Tar Heels minus three. I brought that down to they won by 11. I think West Virginia plus nine on a teaser. They won outright at Iowa state. Uh, you know, these are bubble teams, folks. I got it in blue and yellow and red. And uh, that makes me feel a little stupid that both of them covered outright, but a win is a win. I'm bouncing back. I already have my pick here. Clemson plus six over Virginia. They're 21 and eight, 13 and five check fourth in that ACC. You're right. If first doesn't get it, Fourth probably shouldn't get in either. Tied for fourth, but not ranked. Uh, they routed NC State on the road uh, over the weekend. They won by 25. P.J. Hall, 20. Brevin Galloway, 28. They're 3-1 and one against the spread in games that they're five-point underdogs or worse. Cavs sliding a little, lost two in a row. I think the Cavaliers win a close one, but give me the six uh, with a team that absolutely needs it. I'm taking Clemson 
Martin, you have your video up today, right? I do. And it will say this. I'm taking Rudy Gobert over rebounds today. Uh, he has pretty much dominated uh, Timberwolves versus Clippers. He's dominated Zubox on the boards. And I know they just traded for Plumlee as well, the Clippers did. Hmm. But in the last three games, Rudy Gobert has played against Miles Plumlee when he was, a, you know, they're different teams, but 21 rebounds, 19 rebounds, 17 rebounds. Uh, I like him to go over. And he's gone over 11 and a half in three of his last five starts. So I, I, I like over 11 and a half. All right. Good enough. Shaq. Rudy you, Gobert. You are going, I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess what you're doing here. You're taking the lightning. Very good guess. I was just about to have an on-air powwow with spaghetti and meatballs. I uh -huh. think there's a nice two-way There are a number of interesting options from the world of puck tonight for you. I think if you parlay the lightning and saves, you get it at uh, plus 190. How do you guys like that mm. one? Or do you like the Penguins on the money line with Brian Rust, who you know has a habit of catching fire when he gets on a <laughs> heater, he, he he scores goals in droves. If you go money line pens with Brian Rust netting one of them, plus 390, but the one I might like best of all, <laughs> the Ottawa Senators at home parlayed with the Lightning and the Sabres. Oh, then you really get that one juiced up. That's living. That's not just surviving, friend. That's what you call living. Which are we going with spaghetti? Yeah, and you know, Shaq is like the um, the annoying waiter at a swanky restaurant who has to go through all the all the options for the specials. When the spaghetti and meatballs looking at you, like I just want a burger with mushrooms on it. That's it. Yeah, I mean, we're That's not all. interested in those. Yeah. Well, let me tell you first. Exactly. Maybe, maybe I'll turn you around on yeah. this. That one pays out at plus three ten, fellas. Which are we going? with? Go ahead, spaghetti. I, I I could not keep track of all four games. <laughs> what I mean, if you want to just, if I had to pick a game on the money line, I mean, you you want to go Ottawa at home? So, that's fine. I actually like Detroit in that game. They're a team that has to hold on to that playoff spot. Uh, you mentioned just your, lost to the same team last night in the same spot, six two. <laughs> I like that to repeat itself. I mean, you're also the Predators at home. You, they're getting they're plus money at home. The Predators yeah, versus your Penguins. Well, that. We're not doing let's that, do so that. that's not an option. So don't. <laughs> why would you even bring it up when you know that would never happen? I would never say bet the Predators. You on just the money said line it. You just Penguins. said bet the Predators on the money line. We all Here heard it. Is. it. Take three a, leg parlay: Ottawa, uh, Lightning, and the Sabers all, all right. on the money line. Payout is plus three ten. How do you like that? There you go. I mean, I like it because it's over. You're done with it. That's what I like most about it. Uh, <laughs> Martin, um, Lemon Pepper Parlay, you and Mark Gunnels, you have a closer look at the NBA landscape. Gunnels, has he calmed down about the Chiefs? Do you get him to a place no. where you no? No, I, I think the tattoo appointment is uh, scheduled for Friday for him to go ahead and hit Demo Holmes is the greatest ever all across his back. So, right. Okay. Maybe after that. All right. Shaq minus three with Joey Molinaro. Very funny yesterday. Yeah, good times with him. We talked about uh, favorite sports movies, funniest movies. We talked uh, some football. We did it all. It was good times. And then Kevin Hench coming up on Thursday, of course. There you go. God help us all. Uh, I'm going to be on Jimmy Kimmel Live tonight. Yes, I'm wearing the oh. hat. I'm the referee. They're playing a balloon game. Jimmy Kimmel is against Courtney Cox and doing a good. They created like a uh, living room setting. And the idea is you can't let the balloon touch the floor and you get points and I'm the referee. And uh, I'm going to say Jimmy's a minus 165 favorite right now. Although bonk I'm the balloon. That's the game we would play in uh, my little kid's room. What is it? Oh, oh, bop it. Yeah. 
bonk the balloon. Yeah, can't let it hit the floor. It's Great. a big thing. I think it's an actual sport now, and so we should probably do it around the office at some point. Yes. Uh, there you go. But we'll put thumbtacks everywhere. This is going to be fun. So check that out tonight. Uh, you got Megan Fun of Sports against all odds, covered in glory. So much uh, going on. Like I said, lemon pepper parlay. Uh, this is extra points, right? And minus three. And a reminder to everyone out there, you may feel like underdogs, but please remember, you're all my favorites. We'll <laughs>